Go on then. Hashtag cans. Hashtag cans? Yes. You, me and you have very different social media feeds, don't we? You look really happy with yourself and I look confused. Yeah. What's uh, cans? Uh, Newcastle fans have been saying as soon as the the club has been taken over, they're getting out there. Hashtag cans. Are you talking about football on our TV and film podcast? I am. I am. Because it's significant in our lives, even if neither of is us it? support Newcastle. Is it significant in our lives? Newcastle really? United are one of the richest clubs in the world now. Yeah, I know, but it's not like we follow them or anything. <laughs> it's, we're not like down the... That I was doing the tune yeah. and up the stadium. I mean, we did walk past the stadium today, funnily enough, on a big news day in Newcastle United Football Club, just for anyone who's listening who cares about this. Well, we which don't. is probably no one. But, you know, yeah, big, big news today because the football club in our city has been taken over um, after some time stagnating under its current or former now leadership. Yes. So... People in the city are excited. People were beeping their horns as we, as were we drove home. home. As the news broke. Yes, and I was like getting really... I thought it was the anti-vaxxers. <laughs> and I was like, look at that person. And winding the window up and sort of going, why is everyone being getting a bit antsy? And saying to you, can you hear those people shouting? And then you got loads of alerts on your phone. Yes. And you were saying, it's literally just broken. The news is just broken. So yeah. People were beeping in their cars. Anyway, yeah, we went, we went for a walk at lunch time didn't we and we saw people gathering outside the outside yeah the football stadium huge jokes about killian mbappe being seen in the granger market and um i don't understand what erling Haaland being spotted in are these famous people the am coast. i meant to know who they are the the footballers yeah are they like really famous footballers that people think i'm sorry i'm just trying to work out what you're saying yes are they famous footballers that people are now saying are going to come to newcastle united football yes. club Right. They okay. Are two of they are the best players in the world. Right, and that who that's who they're going to buy. Are Probably they? not. Right. I mean, they could do. They are now Newcastle, a very rich football club now, mm-hmm. in theory. Let's not get into the politics of everything because I don't think any good can come of that. No, I don't either. Um, but yeah, so the chances are they will be making some big name signings and will have an improved future. Although sad times for their current manager, who is our beloved. Steve Bruce. <laughs> Steve Bruce. Uh, we've followed quite a, quite a lot, haven't we, in our relationship? Because he used to support my team, Hull City, which you've he been He used to, to manage it, not yeah. support uh, it. Sorry, he used I mean, to he probably supported it as well. But well, When he managed them. When he managed he probably them. probably didn't care of them before or after. And but. if you went to a Hull match, a Hull City match, you would, <laughs> you would hear the supporters singing a song about Steve Bruce having a party. Yes. And to bring various beverages and also hard drugs. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, and that's it. And he used to do a little dance. So yeah. he would listen to them singing and then he would do a little dance. But the other day, because, you know, follow follow him literally and, you know, and otherwise. The other day, I bumped into him in a local park. Came around the corner. I looked at him and I thought, oh, I know him. Like, you know, you think you know someone from work or think you have that recognition. Yeah. Oh, no, it's just Steve Bruce. He wasn't having a party. A couple of hours before stage. a game, like. So, it was, uh... yeah, we were thinking, oh, he's, he's cutting it a bit fine. But yeah, we think poor Steve might be moving on. I mean, Steve Bruce will not be stopping he's at He's not, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now we just need Hull City to be taken over. I can't believe we're talking about football. Uh, that's what I finally, I finally made this a sports entertainment podcast that I wanted. Sports entertainment. The, the sports entertainment you want to do was wrestling, so, yeah. you know. Well, you know, small steps, small yeah. steps. But Hull may be taken over soon anyway. 
by a Turkish businessman, the Turkish Simon Cowell. The Turkish Simon Cowell? Yes. Right. So he's, like, doing X Factor in Turkey. Um, he's doing Turkey's Got Talent. I'm going to show you a picture of him. Okay. I don't know Brilliant how to pronounce podcast, his name. Right. But... Oh, wow! <laughs> oh, wow! He's in a black t-shirt and he's got his arms folded. Yeah. He is the Turkish Simon Cowell. Yeah, I think his name's uh, Akun Iliki, but I don't know how that's pronounced at all. So, yes. There's good news on the horizon for all clubs that are connected with this house. Can we talk about telly now? Watching television, watching television. You've been dying to talk about Foundation. Yes, I have. I would really like to talk about it. And lo and behold, we have a podcast where we talk to each other about telly. So this is good. Foundation. Apple TV. Actually, first of all, can we talk about Apple TV? Because we hadn't been subscribed to Apple yes. previously. Obviously, we've now had to, to be able to watch Foundation. But we've had every other subscription. Mm. But Apple hasn't been really on our radar. Well, Apple make it very difficult if you haven't got a like an Apple TV box to watch it. Yeah, and like, we're a, an Android house. Yeah, um, can't get the app on our phones. I mean, they're, they're very protective. We've got a Google TV Chromecast, which they've just launched the app on, which is why we've now it why we're now able to watch it. And I got an offer for five months free. Apparently, their list their viewing figures are pretty low. Mm-hmm. They haven't got as many subscribers as they would like. I think something like they've got twenty million subscribers in the US compared to something like two hundred million for Disney Plus yeah. and many more. I don't know whether they're worldwide or national figures, but it is it, low, isn't it? it? Mm. It seems a bit like there are a lot of things on there that I hear a lot of people raving about, but I hear a lot of critics raving about, but not necessarily people in the street. No, like our friends wouldn't wouldn't typically say, oh, have you seen that new show have on Have you Apple? seen Ted Lasso? Or, yeah, name, name some shows because that... Yeah. What's that one about? Is it... Um, that one about the morning show? The one, the, <laughs> what, the one called The Morning Show? Yes. Yeah, thanks for that. No, I'm thinking about the one where... Is it like... Something to do with the space race. What's oh, that one? So, for all mankind, mm. um, it is a apparently it's a reimagining of history where Russia were the first nation to land on the moon, um, and that's got really good write-ups. Never heard anyone speak of Never it. Never heard like, anyone speak of it. No, we I'm going to check them out. I've got five months to do mm. so. Um, and well, Netflix shows you get yeah. people going. I've just had one of our mates today talking to us. Hello, Kate, by the way, and give me a list of things on Netflix and ask if I've seen them. And I was able to come straight back and go, yep, I've seen that one. No, I've not seen that one. So Netflix shows straight away. Yeah, just, you know, go, go, go. But no one has contacted me and say, have you seen this Mankind show? It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because it used to be that a Netflix original was a massive event. And now about four Netflix originals come out each week. And yeah. you never hear it's anything about much, them until it? someone mentions them on your Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like Squid Games is apparently the thing that everyone's watching yeah. at the minute. I've yeah. not seen it. I've seen one episode. Um, but can you imagine when like House of Cards first came out and the Arrested Development and Orange New Black. And it was an event when that came out. And for a specific and, period of time as well, wasn't yeah. it? Like, this is the thing. And maybe a few months would go on and then Stranger Things would come out and then a few months gone and sex education, which we're going to come on to talk about, will come out. And yeah, it was was timing, wasn't there? What was that one that was, um, it was like a horror. It was something road. No, no, no. It was like one of the first things. It was, it was something like Rob Zombie or the one who was in, in Glorious Bastards, the horror director, that's name I forget. 
was behind it and it was apparently pretty shit. But yeah, that came out and and it was a big event, even though it was crap. Like it was all over like websites and people were watching it and saying, Oh, what's it like? What's it like? But yeah, um that's just not the case anymore. I think they've got so much stuff and Apple doesn't have like the archive content either. So you're not gonna get eight series of Friends or Seinfeld, which they've just launched, or The Office, or What Not to Wear, which apparently is on there somewhere, on Netflix somewhere. It is just literally their originals that they release once every so long a week, and then, yeah. (laughs) Once every so long a week? I I don't know where that went. Yeah. (laughs) But their content seems to be based more on quality than quantity, and certainly what we can see in Foundation, that there was so much money being thrown at Foundation. Are we talking about this now, then? Oh, God. This is, this is tormented. Yeah. So I was really looking forward to this because yeah, yeah. the previews looked amazing. As you said, there is a lot of money on the screen here. Um, it's a science fiction about somehow in the future... There is someone who's made predictions based on maths of what happens in the future. I mean, that's, yeah. Here's a problem. I don't care. That's, I think that's the issue. It's called psychohistory, which doesn't make any sense to me because it's not about history and it's not psychology, it's maths. And as you know, my idea of maths being exciting is, yeah, yeah well, it's not my idea. <laughs> so, yeah, and I'm the same. And I, I thought you might care because you like maths. And I don't. But there's no actual maths in this. It's just. Oh, oh well, I'm glad you've done that. I've seen some. I've done some maths, and I can see that this empire is going to fall. Yeah. That's not spoiler. That's in the first episode. And... Oh, I know. I really wanted to like it. it they, people were saying it was the new Game of Thrones. It's yeah. all about politics. It's it's the ma- deep machinations of society, and oh, but, but oh, it's so boring. These first two episodes are over an hour long each, um, which isn't in itself is not massively long. But we got halfway through the first episode and we were like yeah, enough. twitching and looking and realised there was half yeah. an hour left and we're like, we're like nah. oh, We hate watching it, Yeah, I think. I mean, <sighs> the second episode I did, I was like, I just don't care. So there are things that happened in it. There is one thing in each episode which I maybe go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, something happens in the middle of the first episode, something happens at the end of the second episode. I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. But I care not for any of these characters yeah. or anything they do. There's really yeah. good people in this as well. Um, yeah, and it's, it, this is not having a go at the people in it. No. Or indeed the work that has been put into it. Because clearly there's been a lot of work put yeah. into it. I feel really bad talking about it in this way because yeah. I wanted to like it. But there is nothing... Gra- I'm just... It's not emotionally grabbing me. I don't care about the people. And it might be that by episode five, that would change. I don't know whether it's just a really, really slow burner. I'm really tempted to just give mm. it one more episode. Yeah, so am I. Um, but I am doing it against my better judgment, if yeah. that's the case. Because I think there's one character who's really good in this, which is uh, Lula Bell as Gail, um, who is taken from her quite basic home planet um, and moved to the big city planet, the whatever the capital is of these group of planets to help Jared Harris's character Harry who is the inventor of psychomaths or psychohistory or whatever it's called okay. I don't care <laughs> I know I, I know. 
Um, she's great. And she is in, I mean, she's almost in every scene because she's carrying us through. She's the audience's surrogate, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just show other parts of the, because there is a, another, either another timeline or another storyline going on that starts with with on some other planet with some, with some children. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's meant to be 35 years in the future. But again, it's all a bit all over the shop, isn't it? Yeah. Um... Very, you know, when I thought when we first started, I was laughing because there were so many Star Wars references. And I realised that it could, it's obviously the other way around, isn't it? So Isaac Asimov. Yeah. You could say that George Lucas got a lot of his ideas from, you know, he's calling things the Empire. Yes. Isaac Asimov. He, the, you know, the, there are scavengers on planets. There are moons everywhere. I, there were there were a lot of things that really reminded me of, of Star Wars and Star Trek mm. in terms of the different planets and the different people on the planets and how they were all um, dressed similarly, which I, I think is quite tropey in terms of, oh, well, here is a particular race of, the, we would call them aliens. So here was a picture of race. And so they're all going to dress the same. They're all going to look the same, which is, we know, you know, this that doesn't happen. People are individuals, yeah. but it's, I suppose it's a short cut, isn't it, to say to people, like, these people are from here and these people are from over here and they may be in conflict with each other. There were some um, quite difficult scenes I found, in, uh, particularly in episode two. I thought we were going a bit down Handmaid's Tale territory, if that, you know, that's not give the game away. I know what you're away. talking about, But, yeah. um, you know, I think they were, it was quite, they were quite hard, hard-hitting mm. um, and some of the violence was not pleasant to watch. Yeah. The, the only thing that I find... You're going to laugh at this. The only thing that I find quite compelling is this idea of the people who are in charge of the Empire, and they call them Empire, which I quite like, because it's like this personification... You, you personify the Empire, so we're calling you Empire. Yes. This idea that there are three Emperors, and they're all the same person. They're clones of the original Emperor... But one is young, one is sort of like mid-aged, and one is old. Yes. And therefore, when the older one passes away, the you know the middle one becomes the older one, the younger one becomes the middle one who seems to be the leader of them. And then my I you know the way that I think it's going to go is they would then clone another like a baby who would then become the younger version. I find that quite fascinating as a concept. And your middle emperor, like Mr. Middle Lee Age, Pace. is Lee Pace. Yeah. Who I think is chewing the scenery to the greatest extent here. And I really enjoy him. I like it when he's on the screen because he's very dark. He is he is an emperor in in every you know, in in all the senses of the word. He raises his hand in the air and people die. You know, it's 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 really interesting. And he's a really di- yes, I can see you doing it yourself, Mark. Yes, you are raising your hand in the air. But like, I find him really compelling. I think he's in a completely different show to everyone else, but I'm, I don't mind that because I'm not really feeling the rest of the show. I'm just disappointed. Aww. Like It took me a little while to get into The Expanse, which is, as far as I can tell, a vastly superior show. And if anyone is wanting some hard sci-fi with a mixture of Game of Thrones and a bit of like outy worldy exploring new planets and new solar systems the expanse on amazon prime is the way to go it is it's really really good and it took me a little while to get into it um because i think the first the first few series were on sci the fat sci-fi channel 
So it was a bit like a bit Sharknado, a bit um, yeah. It's not. It, it looks far better than anything else that I've seen on there, apart from maybe Battlestar Galactica. But then it was cancelled because it was too expensive, uh, and then it was picked up by uh, Amazon because it was apparently uh, your man. What's what's your man? Amazon billionaire called Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Did you like apparently it? It's one of his favorite shows. Oh. So he. Put the money to get wow. it carried on. Imagine, imagine having that amount of money. You just go, oh, I really like that. I'll bring it here and I'll give you some money to carry it on. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd renew um, Willy Fog and. Uh... <laughs> what, 80 days around the world? Yeah, do 90 days. I'm sure we've mentioned that so many times on the podcast, that show. Completely out of context as well. Oh, we'll oh, talk yeah. about foundation. Oh, let's talk about Willy Fog. Yeah. But yeah, if you have tried this out and you are struggling with it as much as we do and you haven't tried The Expanse, please try it because it is so good. Um, I'm on season four at the minute, which is showing up foundation for what it is. And Ben Gorman's just turned up in it. What, The Expanse? Yeah. Oh, good. I mean, I suspect he's probably going to be a baddie. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> we might, you know. It might surprise you. Can we talk about a show that I'm really enjoying? Yeah, go on. Sex Education. Yeah. Season three. Season three. Um, and we, we're we only a few episodes in. Everyone else seems to have finished it. I oh. keep having to avoid spoilers. And another podcast that I listen to, the Not Having It All podcast, they have just brought out an episode specifically talking about sex, edu- sex education, get my teeth in, season three. So everyone else seems to be, like, done. And we're only a few episodes in. But really, really enjoying it this season. Uh, for those who don't know, this is a high school show um, based in an unknown city and in another time. Oh, it's a very strange sort of. It's it's very American. Yeah, even but though it's I think they're based filming in the it in Wales. It's based in the UK. Yeah, yeah. It is set in modern times because people have phones, they text, they have the internet, they have Google. But people's but houses. Everything around it stylistically is look like. Something 60s, from the eighties, vintage and retro. Yeah. Well, actually, some sixties as well. But yeah, no one has a modern car. Mm. Everything is very authentic. So mm. it's got a really unique look. Can I go on a bit of a a bit of a? I think this is so positive for every single group of people that there is. This is such a diverse school. This is such a. There are people of all sexual orientations. There are people of all colours and creeds, and there are people of who like different things. There are there are people who class as geeks. There are people who class as jocks, and they hang out with each other, and they talk to each other, and they enjoy each other. There's no real baddies in this. There's people who sometimes are a bit annoying, but as there is in life, but it's not because of their traits. It's just because they are in a situation which makes that the case. Um, the the arc of Amy last season was beautiful and one of the best episodes was the episode on the bus at the end. I think it was so strong. The way that Adam has grown in the past two years, I just love that character so much and he's struggling with who he is and the, his relationship with his parents and things like that and now he's starting to show exactly who he is even though the people at school don't see him as that, they see him as this bully that he used to be. Um, Eric is such a lovely character, just bursts positivity every time you see it. Maeve is beautiful inside and out, and I think she's the. I really think that Emma Mackey, who plays that, is going to be such a big star just to go beyond this show. Um, Gillian Anderson is 
stealing the scene every time you see her. Um, a little bit Thatcher in this series. Yeah, you can tell that she was doing the crown at the same time yeah. because that voice sometimes really Thatcher's up. Mm. And, and Asa Butterfield as Otis really carries this show. I think people in this, people in the background coming in and out of the show. So Amy had a quite quiet season one. I think I felt quite sorry for her because she had a sex scene early on and then was almost forgotten about she was Adam's girlfriend but then has really come forward in the second season had such a strong arc Ruby had a big part in the season one disappeared in season two almost into the background but he's back strong in season three I think this TV show and I know I'm one for hyperbole I think this makes the world a better place Mm -hmm. because if there are people who I grew up with who were struggling with who they are if they had this show when I was younger I really think that they would feel more comfortable with who they are, grown up more comfortable with who they are. And I think I would be able, having seen this show, I would be able to, the 16-year-old Mark would be able to relate to people better. This is the highest recommendation from me. And if you're not watching this show, you need to get on it. It's on Netflix. There's three seasons now. And please don't tweet us spoilers for season three before we finish. I cannot bear that. I agree with absolutely everything you said. Oh, well, there we go. That's... <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well done, you. I want to... I want to. Sorry, that was slightly patronising. Well done, you. Yes, well done, you. (laughs) Well done, you. But yeah, everything that you say makes total sense and I completely agree. I want to talk about everyone else in it now. I just feel like I've messed out Ola, who's... (sighs) You can't talk about everyone, Her relationship with Adam is so sweet. Like, how they made friends in season two and she really helps him. Lily, who, like, has fantasies of space and writes plays about it oh i i could talk about this all afternoon uh on all evening and into tomorrow but this is so strong and such an important tv show i'm so happy J- jemima kirk turned up in it as well so remind me who jemima kirk is she the new, new head, 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 headmistress, headmistress yeah. jemima kirk who was in uh girls uh the american show yeah and she plays a very liberal but strict headmistress. I don't think she's liberal at all. No. I think she's I think she's, she comes she across, comes across. I think she's liberal. liberal. Yeah, completely yeah. wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Um but yeah, the school has got a reputation from events of season two and so she comes in to try and clean it up and mm-hmm. presents herself as this laid back, uh oh happy go lucky. But then she yeah. Yeah. Think things take a turn. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Let, let let's talk about something else. I feel really bad moving on to never mind the buzzcocks because that's very I'm gonna say juvenile and very nostalgic and just I find it incredibly funny but I know that the humour is somewhat puerile it would have been really easy for this to be shit yes Um... I wonder if some people think it is I'm because I'm not convinced that it's just me and you laughing until we cry because They've got people who might have been in Blazing Squad <laughs> line them up and we know who... They, you know, do you remember years ago when Nevermind the Buzzcocks was on and they would line people people up and say who was in, let's say, oh, I mean, I don't know, Steely Dan, something like that. Someone who I just yeah, would they never... Yeah, they get American bands like that <laughs> on. Yeah. Those ones that are now headlining I'm Vegas. I'm trying to think of 
bands that I don't know. I was about to say Fleetwood Mac, but I know Fleetwood Mac. So, you know, and I would look at it and I'd go, well, I don't know who it is and I could play along. Now oh, they've got like, people from was, our era. Who was the bassist in Brother Beyond or whatever is the person who it would be? The one that's not Nathan, the lead singer. All right, you, you think of a better, better example than me and show me up, that's fine. <laughs> it, should we just explain what Nevermind the Buzzcocks is for anyone listening who yeah. doesn't doesn't know what the show is? So it came out in the 90s, first of all, yeah. on BBC. It is it's a quiz show. Yeah, it's a quiz show. It is a irreverent music quiz. Panels of celebrities, comedians and musicians. Um, it's often, well, it's always hosted by a prominent comedian. Uh, started off with Mark Lamar, went on to Simon Amstel. Simon Amstel in who, the quality years. I never thought that, I never thought anyone could beat the cynicism of Mark oh. Lamar, but Simon Amstel Simon was a, such Because good. he would really take the Michael, shall we say, yeah. out of the the people who were on and so you had to be ready for him to really pull you apart and some people couldn't quite cope with that and got very upset about it um so so yes and, and i didn't think that he, he could be but yes thank you mark and now we and i mean who have we got now my beloved crush. my big celebrity crush it's greg davies he is just wonderful. He's so funny, and he is a reverend as well. And he yeah. is—he is cutting, but you can—he's having a really fun time with it. He's laughing while yeah. he's making the jokes, you know. It, and everyone's laughing together. I think that's the—you know—that they're having the Mickey taken out of them, and they—they're laughing with him as mm. well. I think it's really, really funny, and he bounces off everyone. He's having the time of his life. I really feel that's—that's that's coming through, and he does sort of like. Um, old man cynicism yes. of, you know, saying, <laughs> I, I only found out who you were, you know, 20 minutes before the show started. <laughs> and that's sometimes what we're like. We're like, yeah. I don't know who, who, I don't know who who's young, is. young blood. I'm, maybe yeah. I've heard of them. It's just such a fun, fun show. And you really get the feeling that they're all, you know, it's probably late night recording. They've probably had a few bevies in the green room and everyone's very relaxed, and even the audience is sort of participating. The someone's shouting out this time. Yeah. But yeah, I I love it. It makes me laugh so much. Um, Daisy May Cooper is really really good on She's it. She's the team captain yeah. now. Oh, one of the team captains. I wasn't sure how she would translate from because I've just finished watching uh, this country, and I wasn't really sure how she'd go to something a bit more freeform, a bit less obviously less scripted. But yeah, she's so good. And she's, she's so funny. So willing to have the piss taken out of her. Yeah. As well. No Fielding is just no beautifully is, whimsical. No Fielding is just, he's back again, isn't he? And yeah. it, I think it shows that he has come back because No Fielding, well, and for anyone who has never watched Nevermind the Buzzcocks, mm. No Fielding was a long standing team captain. And I felt really good when I heard that he was coming back because I don't think he'd come back to, he doesn't need to come back. Yeah. He's on um, the UK version of the Great British Bake Off. He does not need to do Nevermind like the Buzzcocks. I'd like to a different version of the Great British Bake Off. There are many, there are... It's not the British Bake Off. Oh yes, it wouldn't it? be, would yes. it? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, there's lots of different types of Bake Offs throughout the world, but yes. yeah, of course it wouldn't be. Yes, thank you, Mark. But essentially the point I'm making is, he doesn't need to come back to this show. Absolutely And he's not. come back because it's fun. Yeah. Um, Jamali Maddox is so good in this. Yeah, He's and I didn't know him. An absolute breakout star. But he was in Welcome to My House. This is my house. This is... Yeah. Isn't it just my house? No, it's called This is My oh, House, right. which see previous shows for details. <laughs> and I feel like he is someone who is just on the verge of breaking out into yeah. the mainstream. And he's really funny as well. And I think that's the reason that I find these people funny is mm. because 
they are very much on our wavelength. Like he's talking about, he started making a joke about how he was once offered a threesome, but it was after 11 o'clock and it's just, it's just too late. Yeah. It's just too late. And it's the sort of thing you and I would say like, God, it's 10 o'clock. It's time to go to bed. You know, like I'm not, I'm not staying up another 15 minutes to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's too late. Too the, old. The musical guests are really good as well. Um, Really willing to take the piss out of themselves. Mm. There was Jade from Little Mix who was delightfully acerbic when she was talking. Um, Anne-Marie. I don't know who Anne-Marie really is apart from she's, that. She's a singer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And Molly from The Saturdays Molly who was, re- was really lovely. funny. Yeah. A lot of people won't be watching this no, because it's I know. And they'll think, Sky, oh, here it comes back. Whatever. It's on Sky Max, sorry. Because yeah. that's what is Sky One's Sky now Showcase? called. Do you want me to explain what Sky Showcase is? No, no. I just thought it might be on Sky Showcase, but it's not. It's on Sky Max, well, is it? Sky Showcase shows... Does it really matter? It the just highlights of what's on the other channels at the same right. time. Oh, okay, so, so you are explaining it. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, anyway, it's on Sky. And also, I think when a show comes back, a lot of people go, oh. Yeah, you know? well, I, I thought so. Yeah. But this it's is... highlight of my week. This is really good. Yeah. Really, really good. You've got something to talk about, don't you? Yeah, I said I would do really, really quickly. So keep an eye on the time because, you know, I'll probably be here for half an hour otherwise. You've got three minutes. (laughs) Uh, So I just want to give a shout out to a BBC drama called Ridley Road, which, again, many people might not have heard of it or might not be too sure about it because I think it's been trailed a little bit, but it's come after (laughs) Mark. (laughs) I'm laughing because Mark is showing me a timer. We're now at 2.52, as I was saying. So, yeah, it's come straight after Vigil. Yeah. So I think big show, Vigil, and then this show's come on and you think, oh, okay. This is a beautiful piece of acting, a pu- beautiful piece of writing. So in this show, we follow Vivian. She's from a Jewish family. She has a secret boyfriend and she follows him for reasons down to London and discovers that he is part of a group known as the 62 Group, which is a community of Jewish people within London who are fighting fascism. And there is uh, the rise of fascism in the late 50s and 60s um, okay. with neo-Nazism and people um, protesting, let's say, at um, Trafalgar Square, for example, mm. saying um, all sorts of just racist things, yeah. which I'm not going to repeat on here. And, Please um, don't. Yeah, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, she then becomes part of this group. And that's all I'm going to gonna say yeah. about that. And I think to, at the beginning, I just thought, I'll just give this a go and see where it's at. The acting is just superb. You've got Eddie Marsan. You've got Samantha Spiro. You've got... I mean, you're, you're going okay. to like... Yeah. I'm going to list a load of people. Tracy Jan Uberman. I get told off for telling Yeah, I know. I know I do. But just anyone who wants to just have a look at the cast. The, the sets, the makeup, the design of it... You Rory know, Rory, yeah, exactly. Rory, see, I, I would have listed it. I would have got there in the end. So yeah, it it's just beautiful. Tamsin Althworth. Thank you. Yes. So, can I carry on? Yeah, I'm just going to carry on names. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful. But I think the main thing to say about it, it is, it's just so powerful. It's the small things like the family member who has the tattoo from the concentration camp on her arm, who is living in the household of a Jewish family in Manchester, who cannot sit at the dinner table and hear a boiler upstairs 
you know, that's in the sound of the boiler. Yeah. It's small moments like that that are chilling, but so powerful. And this and, isn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just, just to make this clear. But it's it's done so well, Mark. It's I, done I can so fully so well. That, yeah. And it's moments like that that give you that sense of why the Jewish community who are involved in the sixty two group are fighting again. You know, it reminds you. Yes. It gives you that reminder of the horrors of the Holocaust mm. and the horrors of anti Semitism. I think this is absolutely sure for our time. I think we know that anti-Semitism is absolutely on the rise in this country. It's it's really made me think. It's really made me think. Even though you can look at it as a piece of, you know, it's a piece of drama. It's mm. um, it, uh, um, uh, it was a novel. Yeah. And it's been adapted by Sarah Soleimani, who you will know from him and her. I love Sarah Soleimani. And she's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. And I'm so pleased that she has has done this and you can really see the comedy i know we're talking about something very serious but we can really see the comedy and the and the in the uh, the dialogue and the language and some of the moments but there's some real there's thrilling moments as well if you're going undercover in in a into a nazi group you can imagine and you're jewish you can imagine Mm. what has you know what is at stake there i'm on episode three at the moment and i'm i'm really really i think there's four episodes in total and i'm just in, I'm just enjoying it, which is, it's hard to say enjoying because it's not, it's both light and dark. It's both heavy and, do you know, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's got this real mix to it, but I think people might look at it and go, oh, it's, you know, it's not really got much weight to it. It's just a standard BBC drama and it's, and it's not, it's really, really worth your time. Okay. I'm not going to watch I know this. you're not going to watch it. It's fine. I'm not saying it's worth your time. But it's got Adam's mum from Sex Education. <laughs> it's got Adam's mum from Sex Education. That's right. <laughs> um, so, a lot of very good shows. Yeah. And a lot Foundation. of really good. I know. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, no. I thought we'd had a good run and then I remembered Foundation. I, I, Foundation's a very well-made show. It's just... Yeah, it's just so not far. for us. It's yeah. not been for us. Mm. I honestly thought you might. I'm going to go back to it. I honestly thought you might like it, and I might hate it. And it would be the thing that you're watching like every morning. I'm going to come down. You're watching like more of it, like yeah, like the Expanse. Trying to come downstairs, and there's like the Expanse on the telly. Ugh. You'd really like the Expanse. I wouldn't. You I've would. seen. I've seen bits of it. I think it's terrible. Yeah, that's that. That's the concept that you. Yeah, you've yeah, seen, you've it seen is. I have. I've walked through the it. living room and I've seen a bit of it, and I've thought, "Oh God, why is he watching that?" It's there really we go. Good. It's really, really good. Brilliant. Should we talk about some films? couple of films from us this week. We're quite TV heavy, aren't we? But yes. uh, a couple of films. So we're going to do Malignant, which came out ages ago. Yes. And I feel has passed us by, but you really want to talk about it. I feel this is a film that needs to be talked about, but not talked about. And we're going to uh, go for The Green Knight as well. We're going to review The Green Knight, which is available in the cinemas and also on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Malignant. Let's get there. Malignant. Yes. Latest horror film by James Wan. I'm going to say as little as possible about this, just off the bat, because I think there's a film that needs to be seen and needs to know as little as possible about it. It's a film about a woman who goes through quite horrible experiences and then sees murders happening. Um, okay. 
that's as little as I'm willing to say. I think that's probably the best thing. Yeah, and the woman who you speak of is Annabelle Wallace, who played the third wife of Henry VIII in my favourite Henry VIII series, The Tudors, where Jonathan Rhys Myers plays Henry VIII in a shock casting. I've seen that show. Yes, I've have. seen her as Jane Seymour. No, you you see you haven't. You haven't, darling. This is where it all gets a bit exciting for me because the Jane Seymour that they had at the end of series 2 is a different actress to the Jane Seymour that comes back in series 3 and we didn't make it to series 3. We made it to the end of series 2. So malignant. Yes. Um when I was watching the first half of this film, I thought, what the hell am I watching? It has bad acting. It is boring at points. And it was only because someone said, stick with Malignant, that I didn't walk out of the cinema. Because it is that bad. And it's a James Wan film, so you know that it must... I mean, he's, he's directed million-dollar, billion-dollar films. So... And he's well-known for his horror. Yeah, yeah. So this is in it's completely in a real house. I am not going to say anything about the last act of this film, only that it is a five-star third act of... It is amazing. I sat there with my jaw on the floor, just relishing in everything. Um, and do you do this when you watch films now? Do you like think, like, go through your head what you're going to say on a podcast about it? Sort of, yeah. yeah. I, I always, I've always done star ratings yeah. in my head. So I'm like, oh, this is quite, a, this is a three. Oh, it's gone up to a four. And, mm. that, and oh, no, it's gone down again. So I kind of do that when I'm watching a film. But I don't tend to think oh, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. It's more, I really want to talk to you about it. And it's just that we now have this recorder between us now, which is, you know, still odd. Because I finished the film and I thought to myself, this seems like a tribute to 1980s, early 1990s horror films that I would, me and my friends would get out from, Ferris Video Cottingham in its weekly mention, uh, when we had sleepovers. Um, and we wouldn't know anything about them. We would base it purely on the cover um, and how much we thought there might be some nudity in there, soft core nudity. Um, soft core nudity? Yeah. Like, there's different types of nudity. You're like, you know, surely there's a, like, when you're nude, you're nude. No, 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 no. Because... Or do you mean just the way it's presented? No, no, no. What I mean is, like, you never saw, like, full nudity in these films. Oh, but sometimes right. a woman's okay. top came off for not plot reasons. Okay, now so, I understand. Yeah, right. we weren't expecting top shelf stuff. Right. We were expecting just a bit of titillation, I think. We, we, we were young, we didn't understand, and we were, you know, we, we were growing old together. And is that what you thought when you saw the trailer from this film? You no, thought I didn't see the more... trailer. Oh, this is when I was watching it. the film. Oh, right. Sorry, so I walked out of it thinking this is James Wan's tribute to late 80s, early 90s, probably D- um, VHS horrors. Really proud of myself for that. And then I came out and list, walking home from the cinema, listened to two reviews that both said the very same thing, <laughs> and then listened to an interview with James Wan where he actually called it out. So, out, oh. the moderately crestfallen, I shall say. <laughs> Let's just pretend that you've come up with it for the first time. But that's precisely what this is. The acting is crappy in this, and it might be purposely so. You've got to sit through a lot of crap to get to the fun bit, but when you get to the fun bit, this 100% delivers. I'd put the first two acts of it at two stars. I came out of this at four stars. That might make the last act of this six stars. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if like if it's two 
sets of two stars and to get the average up it might be eight stars but yeah um, so, so we're getting into foundation psycho history here and, and the maths no just general maths just huh? general maths yeah. okay thanks but yeah this is a film that needs to be seen um if you're at all into campy horror please see this and please stick with it because i guarantee it's worth it for the end it's ludicrous but it's joyously ludicrous that's all I've got to say on that. Great, thanks very much. Now the Green Knight. Yes, a, a very different film. Entirely different. So I went to see the Green Knight purely because it got five stars in Empire, but also because I loved David Lowry's film A Ghost Story, which is pretty much the exact Goldilocks zone for me between um, art house film and amazing concept like it's not too artsy it's got an admit and it's got a brilliant concept but it i love that film it was one of my films of the year that year and it's it's casey affleck's there'll be the sheet over him yeah and that's the entire reason why i won't watch it oh come on. There's, there's a ghost in a story and that's the end of that so i don't know david lowry at all but i agree with you i saw all of the five star reviews i mm. saw a lot of people talking about it on film twitter and people were getting very excited about it we were also getting very angry because it hadn't been there'd been some sort of studio i can't think of the word studio sort of like it had been stag one of you stagnated but i've already used that on the podcast to describe <laughs> newcastle united football club but you know there had been some problems with perhaps finding a home for it so it came out in the us um on on, on, in the cinemas um, but for a long time in the UK it was only going to get a release on Amazon Prime um, where it has been released however some cinemas decided to pick this up which relieved me because there is absolutely zero way I would have watched this sat at home like I, I had this conversation with you before I went you were like why are you going to the cinema when it's on yeah, why, Amazon why Prime yeah why are you paying when we can get it on the telly but I do not have the discipline to watch this film at home. And I'm happy to say that I am dumb, I am stupid, I am someone who will go, ooh, my phone is there. Let me just, and just without even thinking, pick up my phone, scroll through Twitter. So I need to go to the cinema to see this. I think I touched on this one, saw The Lighthouse as well, that I didn't get the most out of that because I did watch it on Sky. Um, this is a film with long takes of, uh, it's very slow paced. It is beautifully shot but it is at a pace where you see people walking through the woods and the camera will just stay on them for a long time and if you do not fall it's quite easy to go in and out of the film mm. um so yeah that's that's why i went to the cinema to see it you watched a bit of this yes when so i was out drinking quick synopsis of the green knight for anyone who oh, doesn't know that's good shout. Um, and actually it's i'm saying this because do you remember before you went to see it i went do you know the story of Gawain and the Green Knight? And you just went, what? I just, I just, yeah. <laughs> um, so we had a whole conversation about, did you know it's like, I, I think so, I may be wrong in this, but I thought it was like a really long poem yes. or a long, long piece of prose. So I knew it was really long and I knew it was old and I knew it was the, this, this knight of the round table, Gawain. 
although I didn't really know where he fits into the Arthurian legend, but I knew it was Arthurian legend, and I get very excited about Arthurian legend because there are many, many Elaines in Arthurian legend. There was an Elaine who was in love with Lancelot, and he cast her aside, um, and that goes into, you, I know you're rolling your eyes, but that goes into the whole idea of the, the poem, um, The Lady of, of Shalott, you know, the curse has come upon me, cried the Lady of Shalott which then also goes into one of my favourite Agatha Christie's, which is called The Mirror Cracked, from, from side to side. The yeah. Mirror Cracked. So it's got this, this really weird thing for me where I can connect all of the dots to strange and odd films, including Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, so, yeah, if you know or any of those things, that will make sense. If not, apologies. So I love Excalibur. For example, like yeah. to going back to something other people might know, Helen Mirren, the guy who plays the Gnome King in Return, Return to Oz, you know, proper um, first time performances for Liam Neeson. Uh, you got Patrick Stewart in there as well. You have got this big old Patrick John Stewart with Bo- hair as well. Yes, yeah. The lesser spotted hairless, hairful Patrick John Stewart. John Bowman doing Arthur and Legend. Like I really love that film. I know you struggled with it when I made you watch it many, many years ago. It's, it, is it is long. Eighteen years long. It is long, and it kind of goes on and on a bit. But I, I really do like the Arthur type stuff, to put it in, <laughs> to put it in air quotes. Yeah. So when you said, "Oh, it's on Amazon Prime," I thought, "Oh, brilliant! I'll watch that at home. I don't need to go to the cinema to do it. You can talk about the cinema. I'll watch it at home." And I got twenty minutes in, and I had to stop. I just and I had a whole night to myself, which is like unheard of. And it would have been perfect. You know, our son was asleep. You were out. It was perfect. And I really, really struggled with it. And I feel like I've let myself down. Because you're right, it is beautifully shot. It's Dev Patel doing Arthurian legend. It's Kate Dickey. It's Sean Harris. It's all these fantastic people. It's really interestingly directed. There's a story at the centre of it about the Green Knight, as the title suggests, that's really interesting. There is a moral ideals to it. There's ethical ideals to it. You know, it's it's a really interesting story. But I found it so hard. And like I say, I'm really disappointed in myself because I feel it's a cerebral film that I should be standing, like, standing here now going, hmm, yes, well, I think this did this in this scene. And, and I can't, I can't do it. And I feel I've let myself down. I think I've said that about three times now. You've let I yourself feel I've down. Let down. You've let me down. You've let the podcast down. And you've let Dev Patel down. I, I have, and that's probably the worst thing as well. And it's not that I'm saying it's a terrible film. I just couldn't get into it. And maybe, going back to your point, that's the crux of it, is that I wasn't in the cinema immersing myself in I wasn't able to just go, oh, I'll stop that now and I'll watch a bit of Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. I could put headphones on and go into a room and probably concentrate on this better than I could do sat on our sofa with you. Um, I, But this is a film that I know, as a film lover, I need to see in the cinema. I don't think it's perfect. It's For me, it's just a bit too artsy for my liking. There are clearly morals there, but nothing really hit home for me, I think. You know, I can come up with certain things, but nothing really clicked in that way. Um, you didn't come away thinking, oh, what would I do in that circumstance? Or 
I think this should have happened. Or, you know, no, because... Like a morality tale. I think... I, I, I don't think there is a... I don't think the film invites you to say, what would you do in this situation? Okay. Um, I, I probably the, didn't get to that bit. I think the cast are brilliant. Um, Ralph Innocent as the Green Knight is amazing, coming and asking for a game that doesn't involve throwing a shoe over a pub. Um... Alicia Vikander, I love Alicia Vikander, and I wish she was in more stuff. I didn't. I'm. I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to whisper. I'm not. I've. I've not really taken to her, and I didn't even recognise her in this. And I didn't really like. I thought she was a bit throwaway. Obviously, I only got twenty minutes in. Yes. Her role become more apparent as you go on. She's yes. wearing a dodgy wig. I will and... say 100% yes. Okay, right, fine. For reasons I won't say on the podcast, but we'll explain why to you we afterwards. Got, I did think, why have we got Alicia Vikander playing this role? Because this could be anyone. Mm. So that makes more sense. Mm. Okay. Sean Harris is in this. I know, I've just said, I said Who's, his name. Yeah, but in an actual, like, As King straight Arthur. role. Yeah. Rather than yeah. someone who is well, probably a, going a to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, see Ben Gorman earlier. Mm. Um, yeah. I am so glad I saw this, but for me, it doesn't hit the same heights as a ghost story, and I'm fully acknowledged that I'm probably the person in the world, including David Lowry's friends and family, who like the, a ghost <laughs> story more than anyone else. Um, this is a, yeah, it, it's, it's a recommendation for me to see it, but with every caveat that I have said, and if you put this on on a Saturday night when you're playing with your phone, you will uh, not, you'll not you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll you'll not get there. Mm. Um I'm so glad that A twenty four is putting these f- films forward. Um you were looking I'm, at me I'm not, somewhat I'm not, blankly. I'm nodding but also no. They're a distribution company that is putting money behind films that you wouldn't necessarily see in a cinema. Um and so I'm I'm just gonna go through some of the films that they've done which we've enjoyed. So they've done, quite recently, uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. They've done the Val documentary that you're looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, they've done Eighth Grade, which you, a lot of these you haven't seen, and I realise. You've saw Eighth Grade, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Ex Machina, Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Machina? Machina. Machina, yeah. Moonlight, uh, Uncut Gems, Ladybird, and a lot of horror such as Midsummer, Hereditary, The Lighthouse. Um, they are... Producing really interesting films with really interesting filmmakers, and it's it's almost become a bit of a stamp of approval for films to see the A twenty four logo at the beginning of it. So, yeah, they're doing really well. Um, I'm sure they look. I'm sure they're now high fiving in their offices, having heard the mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they got approval. the mark, mark stamp of yeah. approval. I mean, probably more than when they won the best picture for Moonlight. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they are a really, really interesting film house and putting money towards really, really interesting films. So, yeah, keep an eye out. Like, if you see an A24 film, it's always going to be okay. First Cow. Oh, I didn't talk about this a lot in the podcast, but that's a lovely film. But, yeah, that's it from me. Good, and that's it from me. Oh, I like the two Ronnies. <laughs> sort of. No. I am very small. And yes. you are very tall. And large. <laughs> <laughs> Good looking. I think think we're both large. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, if you'd like to drop us a follow, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at the Honeymoon Pod. And as always, if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, because I think that's where you can leave them the most, from from what I understand. Here I go rambling again. Yes, you can leave them the most on Apple Podcasts. That's that's 
that's where people tend to leave them. Uh, yeah, we'd be we'd be really grateful. I think we've got like something like seven ratings on there, which is a little bit sad. At the moment, I mean, they're all lovely. They're all five stars. Really, all five stars, which is like an amazing. <laughs> we get that money for some reason. But yeah, if if anyone wants to add to our list of ratings and take us over seven, that would be really nice. Oh, please just tell a friend if you yeah. think they'd enjoy it. Cool. We'll see you next time. Thanks very much. Thank you.